Welcome to this special edition of the Wealth Management Today podcast. This podcast was recorded live from LPL Financial's Focus 2019 conference in beautiful San Diego, California. I'm back and I'm going through my edits and my intros and filling things in here for you to get this out the door so you can hear it practically right after I recorded it. I want to get this information out to you. It was a fantastic conference, over 7,000 attendees. 4,000 of those were advisors, making it one of the largest conferences in the industry. And I was lucky enough to get a hold of two of LPL's senior executives who are both responsible for different aspects of their technology platform. And those executives were Rob Petman and Kirby Horan Adams. We covered a lot of interesting stuff. Their UMA managed account technology, some of the new tech They've launched recently advisor sleeves on top of uh, their MWP platform, new model hub that's coming into uh, ClientWorks, which is their advisor platform, uh, how they're integrating advisory world, which they purchased last year, uh, PropGen and other great tools. Uh, we went into some of the things they're digitizing in the workflows of advisors, how they're speeding up and optimizing their new account opening workflow and how they plan to integrate artificial intelligence into their platform. So let's get started. And we are here live from the LPL Financial Focus 2019 conference. And I have the pleasure of speaking with Rob Petman, EVP of Product Strategy at LPL Financial. Hey, Rob. Hi. Welcome to Wealth Management Today podcast. Uh, I want to talk to you a bit about some of the technology uh, solutions you guys are bringing to market now. I was, I was pretty pumped uh, hearing some of the things you were talking about on stage this morning. Uh, I really like some of the things you're bringing to ClientWorks, your, your platform. Can we talk a bit about advisor sleeves and just tell me uh, quick, quickly why you felt that was necessary to bring that into the product? Yeah, so uh, just for context, the, well, the latest launch is called Advisor Sleeve, but it's really built on a platform that is known, it's called MWP. It's our centrally managed account platform. So, you know, just for context, that would be the platform where advisors are selecting from a number of different portfolios and essentially outsourcing uh, both the investment management and the trading to another strategist. They could choose from LPL Research, they could choose from BlackRock, any number of your sort of common strategists that might run a portfolio. Now, as you think about why, why introduce the sleeve on top of that? Uh, a couple of things. I think thematically, there's this broad shift of advisors moving to models-based practices. Mm -hmm. And there's a number of different benefits associated with that. There's efficiencies. Um, you know, there's a sort of the ability to have better outcomes. It's just more concentrated on the models, easier to talk to, to investors. Mm -hmm. So a host of different things. But as we looked at MWP and the Centrally Managed Account Platform, that was an all-or-nothing proposition where I'm essentially relinquishing control of investing. Uh, and for some advisors who are running models-based practices, that was not ideal for them. But there, there was another nuance here where while they didn't want to outsource the investment IP, they were willing to outsource the trading component mm. because it's very hard to differentiate with trading. In fact, sure. for many, it's an operational nuisance that really gets in the way of them being more productive throughout their day. Mm -hmm. So that was really the inspiration of how we thought about bringing in the advisor's sleeve into the model wealth portfolios, was really about how do we enable advisors to outsource the trading of their models. Mm -hmm. And there's a host of different benefits associated with that, and we can cover and get into more depth, but at a high level, you've got the operational efficiencies, you know, in that, you know, if I'm 
doing trading, that's not going to happen. If I have a trader and they call in sick, you know, mm-hmm. it's going to take up my day. LPL's obviously LPL not never calling calls in sick. In sick. <laughs> that's right. That's a, a tagline. <laughs> but there's another piece, too, in that you're leveraging a professional trading group. Mm-hmm. And if you're trading ETFs, for example, they're blocking your ETF trades and you're getting best execution. Mm-hmm. You can't do that by yourself. Sure. So a ton of different things. So that's back. more of what we would think of as a TAMP function. That's right. Yep. So when did LPL make the decision to become a TAMP? I don't think we actually had a, you know, we'd like to become a TAMP mm-hmm. type decision. I think it was more based on advisor needs. Mm-hmm. And there was the, and it was first, how do we solve the needs for advisors who, who don't want to be money managers and want to outsource that component and focus on the relationship with their clients? Mm-hmm. And then the other piece that you heard is how do we solve for advisors who, you know, don't want to do trading, right? Sure. Or there's a latter part of how do we help advisors commingle their own portfolios with uh, those of other strategists. Mm-hmm. Now, this is sure. the sort of this was the genesis or foundation for what we're really teeing up as a you know modern advisory platform. Mm-hmm. And you should look at it. People use the uh, you know the initialization UMA Unified Managed Account as, as something that you might be building. Uh, as you you think about how we're building it versus you know some of the ones out there, I think. When you look at that, there's a lot of folks that focus on the U and UMA, mm-hmm. which is to sort of unify, put everything in a single account. Mm-hmm. And if that's your guiding principle, you're going you're gonna to approach the build in a certain way. And our approach is a little bit different because it's a little bit more needs-based, where we're starting with, really, how do we make managing money easier? Mm-hmm. And then by extension, you sort of get into those other functions. Sounds like you're making it more of what we used to call multi-strategy portfolios. Yes, that's right. right so you're, you're taking advisors already are doing model trading, and they're saying, well, now you can mix this in mix your own sleeve into your other model trading. Yeah, that's right. But again, it's not, I don't necessarily think that this is a play to have people mm-hmm. integrate strategists into the things that they're doing. It can also be a pure play as well. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just very sort of needs focused mm-hmm. uh, and experience focused also in the manner in which that you do it. So I can, if you look at the experience that we've built within the UI to create a model, it's incredibly simple. I mean, our biggest thing, we were just saying, hey, if someone's going to outsource mm-hmm. trading to us, it's got to be a remarkable experience. It's got to be so easy that they're sure. just going to be delighted when they do this. So that, the feedback that we've had is that it's fantastic to do. It's very easy. They're doing it in 20 minutes what might take them hours in their day. And then that, by extension, what we've created has the ability to sync up to other components within our technology mm-hmm. stack. So as you look at what we've done with Advisory World and what we've built within what we call Model Hub, where advisors tell us what models to execute, that's integrated all the way through. So I can, set, I can find my model within my proposal generation system and show that model all the way through into the system. So you see Model Hub, how many different model providers do you have? I don't, I don't actually know the exact number. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. So you think about like the number of different strategists that mm-hmm. we have available. Maybe right. 20, probably, 20 different strategists and over 100 different models. Sure. That advisors can pick from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it flows right through into client works. That's right. Yeah, the model hub concept is something that every vendor has when they're doing multi-strategy or UMA. Mm-hmm. They need to have that type of technology to bring the models in yep. and flow that through. The, the difference here, though, is that when I'm picking strategists, I'm looking at BlackRock, I'm looking at you know MFS or whomever, and then I see me. Right. And I'm choosing Can me advisors share their models among each other? That's a feature that we're introducing uh, later on mm-hmm. in the year. Uh, so advisors would be able to share it within their firm. So if we're sort of operating as a team, for instance, or if I'm in an institution, that would be it. But not sort of not across I'm sharing firms. with a different. No, not across I can't firms. become my own manager. I can't become a manager on your platform as an advisor. Right. No. So from Model Hub into uh, with Advisor Sleeve 
into UMA. So how does the when we're talking about MWP, UMA is a subset of MWP, or is it, is, or are they, or are they parallel systems? So, so MWP is evolving into a UMA. Mm. Right now, it's funds and ETFs, mm. and it's just evolved into being able to have an advisor's portfolio next to a strategist portfolio mm. in the same account. Sure. And as we look at the roadmap, we're expanding the number of the different types of securities that we're putting in there. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go with equities and SMAs next. So you'll see that right. early next year. So when you get into adding tax management services and other things, but we're not going to stop there. We'll actually add on annuities and alternative investments. Uh, because in some of those classes, there's some really unique opportunities. Again, if my guiding yeah. principle is to make managing money easier... Think about structured products and how that might react with a with a trading system. I think it's about that all the time. How <laughs> now, will you when you put you will you put your annuities into the account? So this is something that's been tried many times. Is mm-hmm. in a UMA, mm-hmm. put an annuity in a sleeve mm-hmm. so it can be managed like the other SMAs. Mm-hmm. Will you be able to do that, or will the or will the annuity still sit on the side and then somehow be aggregated in the back end? I can't go into too many details on that just yet. That's uh, it's in development. Okay, if I can make a suggestion. You want it inside, if you can. No doubt. Because right? uh, that's a lot, a lot of problems advisors have, is they have the swivel chair or screen mm-hmm. toggle between their annuity screens and their wealth screens, or their insurance right. screens and their wealth screens. And it's, it's, it's really separate procedures, separate onboarding, separate processes. So the more you can consolidate that and make it one experience, the better. And we would agree, right? Again, as you think about the sort of maniacal focus towards making managing money easier, you want to be able to get it all done in one place and have mm. the most amount of convenience. If it's not convenient to have it in there, why have it in there? A maniacal focus. That's right. <laughs> We're maniacs. About the advisor we experience. are maniacs. <laughs> <laughs> so talk to me more about um, some of the so, – so your SMAs. So you've got S- your smart beta SMAs now mm-hmm. you're talking about, which, mm-hmm. I, which I, I think is interesting. And your average SMA size, you said, was 160,000. Yep. Those would be for the LPO right. research uh, SMAs, right. yeah. And that's low. Which is a good thing, because mm-hmm. most SMAs have a very high minimum, and usually it's for higher net worth. So you're sort of enabling SMAs for a mass affluent. And, and yeah, some of ours have minimums of $50,000. Mm-hmm. Which is really opening up these tools and, 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 and these strategies to people who didn't have access to it. That's right. Yeah. So how are advisors uh, responding to the smart beta SMAs that you put out? I mean, they love it. I mean, right now, they're the top-selling SMAs on our platform. Mm-hmm. I mean, the experience has been so I mean, great. I mean, I talked about the cost element uh, when I was on stage. So you've got that at right. 160000 all in. You're at 35 basis points. Mm-hmm. So that would include the five bips. That's the sort of cost of the SMA plus mm-hmm. 30 for a platform fee. Mm-hmm. Uh, so very competitive. If I would compare that versus a smart beta ETF, for instance. Mm-hmm. And then you have the, you know, the sort of um, cachet of an SMA and the experience that you get of, you right. know, for instance, knowing that you own Home Depot, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. And the ability in the tax management. That's right. I mean, are you charging for tax management? We haven't released tax management just yet. I mean, we have mm-hmm. some basic functions uh, through our overlay team, but as you think about proactive tax management, that's something we haven't introduced. Most likely we will charge for it. Most firms right. do. But they we do. haven't really got we haven't really gotten through the, the business model for that part. And it's a very popular feature, especially for higher net worth uh, advisors who are who cater to higher net worth clients having a, a model or a manager sleeve that is tax-managed, tax-optimized is, mm-hmm. is, is, is a great differentiator and a great selling tool for them. Yep. And what if, now I'm looking at the all-in-one versus best-of-breed solutions. So how do you see, I mean, obviously you're looking at the all-in-one, you want LPL to be everything, which is, which is a great move because I think there's a trend more towards that where there's so many apps and so many tools that 
advisors are having trouble figuring out what's wrong or who to call, and if you have it all under one umbrella, you have what they call one throat to choke, so to speak. Right. Well, I call it one finger to point you. Right. And so, how you how does that guide your principles as you're building out your technology? So, uh, you think about our, our technology strategy, and you t- you're talking about the full tech stack, mm-hmm. right? Under this sort of umbrella of, of client works. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have this. We have principles around choice. We think choice is important. When you look at our model, we serve institutions, mm-hmm. we serve REAs, we serve. You know, kind of a whole host of different types of financial advisors and practices, um, and they all have different needs and different preferences. Mm-hmm. So, when we think about our, the tech stack, we wanted to make sure that we had enough choice to serve all of those various constituents, mm-hmm. but we didn't want to have too much choice because there was an extra layer of value that we thought we could provide. So, when, what we thought we would do would have have sort of what we call curated choice, and by having curated choice would actually be able to create um, intuitive and linked mm. outcomes and workflows throughout the tech stack. So, you know, you don't, you don't want to try to sell your own cooking, for instance, and, mm. and just try to tell everybody that it's the best. Right. You've got one CRM and, you know, you should go use that or you can use that one over there, but, mm. but this has got all the workflows. We wanted to make it so that you have a, an option at our core mm-hmm. that's free, and then you have other options that you can pay for, not, but not a thousand, maybe two or three. But if you pick any one of those options that you pay for, they're going to have all of those unique workflows mm-hmm. that would be very similar to what you'd have at the core. Sure. Okay, so I want to be cognizant of time here. Can we talk a little bit about householding? Mm-hmm. And householding is a concept that uh, more and more advisors are, are realizing is important to them mm-hmm. and to be able to manage at the household level rather than individual accounts. So can we talk about, uh, I, I already heard you talk about this, but I wanted to, to, to explain it again if you could, the four components of householding as you see it. Sure. Uh, we've, we've broken it down into four components because if you don't, uh, it's a really hard problem to solve mm-hmm. all at once. And I think just from an operational process of how you go about making householding happening in your platform, you need to go about doing this because when you do it, you realize that it's actually sequential in your build. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first part for us is this element of, of grouping and, and allowing advisors to group accounts in the way that they want to. And they can, when they group the accounts, they can trade them as a group as well as report on them as a group. We're not there yet, but we're talking about for reporting purposes first, right? Gotcha. But we're thinking about reporting the, different, the yeah. different sequences because mm-hmm. there's an element, too, here on who's in the household, right? How do I define that? Mm-hmm. And, and i just give you the, the oh, sort of the overlay philosophy here. We want the advisor to be able to customize where they have freedom to customize, mm-hmm. um, but where they don't, right, we're obviously going to restrict that. So trading, mm-hmm. for example, the IRS dictates what a household is right? mm-hmm. you don't have very much flexibility in that right. but outside of that we want to give advisors freedom of flexibility for example mm-hmm. billing mm-hmm. I want to have freedom to choose how I'm going to lump these accounts together for billing purposes right but that may okay. not link up with trading so as you look at the, those four pieces there's household grouping that's the first piece we're actually introducing that towards the end of this year mm-hmm. following on the heels of that we'll have household trading but then also household supervision because we have, we have different models that we serve. We have the mm-hmm. RA marketplace, um, so that part is fine on trading. Uh, sure. We also have our corporate REA, where we have folks where, that are underneath our, our REA, right, mm-hmm. and we're doing the supervision. And if we don't have household supervision and an advisor's doing household trading, mm-hmm. you know, there's a disconnect there, right? Sure. Compliance is saying, hey, this is not right. The advisor's mm-hmm. saying, I'm managing this for a household. Why don't you see this? Well, it's because you don't have household supervision, right? So, so we, it's an experience we, accounts issue. with different social security numbers managed together. Right. That would be their issue, uh, compliance. They would see right. two, two SSNs being traded. Well, not only that, they just need to know that, well, like, like, that there, is a, there is a household mm-hmm. actually there, right, and that's right. being managed to a specific objective. Mm-hmm. 
So on the technology side, how did you make that work? So what, what technology did you have to change on the client work side to, to deliver that? So within client, I'm curbing will probably talk about the specific tech pieces, okay. right? Don't, so don't steal her thunder. I will steal her thunder. <laughs> but nonetheless, right, let me get to the fourth mm-hmm. part of this. Because okay. you've got, you've got mm-hmm. right, trading, supervision, and then the last piece is billing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had our, our sort of homegrown uh, billing system for a long time. Mm-hmm. That's something that we're looking to replace. And that's obviously something that you need to be very delicate with. There's a lot of history in billing systems. Sure. Um, and it's one that you can't, you know, you can't mess up. But as you think about it sequentially, they all sort of fall into place because you're, you know, you're allowing for the definition of householding, you're enabling, you know, sort of certain outcomes and supervision of it, and then your sort of last piece is the acknowledgement of it mm. with billing. Right. So that's the ultimate build, and we're, we're on the journey. We're, we're targeting to get most of this done in 2020, and, you know, ultimately this is all part of our evolution of, you know, I think we're, we're often referred to as a broker-dealer, but it's really sort yeah. of transforming into a wealth management company. It's you're becoming the everything company, yes. like the Amazon of wealth, right? <laughs> so you're you're a broker dealer, you're a tech platform, you're a custodian, you're out, you're a tamp, all rolled into one. That's right. Great, Rob. Thanks so much. I really appreciate uh, you speaking to me on the podcast. All right. Thanks, Craig. You're welcome. And for the second half of our live focus LPL conference podcast, I'm here with Kirby Horan Adams. EVP of Product Management for LPL. Kirby, welcome. Thank you. Thanks so much for taking the time here. With all this hustle and bustle going on, <laughs> it's crazy. It's I'm great. sure you're, you're still psyched from this morning when you're on stage in front of 7,000 advisors, giving them the great news of all the new stuff that's coming down the pike. How did you feel coming off stage this morning? Invigorated and exhausted. Right? <laughs> I think it comes time. with both, right? Mm. You get really excited and you get, mm. you get the adrenaline rush, but also you're like, whew, that was... That was a lot. <laughs> it's been, I was expecting them to do the wave at some of your things you were telling them. They were so excited. So let's talk a bit about digitizing the advisor workflow. And that, mm-hmm. that was one of the goals that we were talking about. So how, what are some of the things you've done to help make that workflow less paper intensive, less manual? What are some things you added to ClientWorks recently to do that? Sure. So I think there's a couple things that we put in there, right? Because we really think about the... The things that an advisor does can really be broken down into six workflows. We talk about those often and, and really just trying to make it so that those workflows run, run seamlessly for the advisors, pre-populating the data so they don't have to re-key things, really hooking together kind of a natural ordering of the different technology pieces so they can move from one to the other, uh, grouping you know e-signature documents so that we're sending one package out to the client is something that we're actively working on right now, just to try and make it so that the advisor wants to stay digital, can easily stay digital, and can easily work through these workflows really simply and quickly. And you, you, you're jumping into um, new account opening, which is another topic I wanted to discuss. But on, on the digital side, are there, are there options on the e-signature for clients, or is it here's our e-signature package, this is what we're going to be using? It's one e-signature package. Mm-hmm. Um, DocuSign is the underlying technology there. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we're working on doing right now is trying to create what we're calling the shopping cart internally, right? right. Just like when you go shopping on Amazon or whatever it is, you jump all your things into the shopping cart and check out once. We're going to facilitate that as well with the signature is you can do all the different things that you need to do for the client Mm -hmm. and put it in one package that gets sent out from your shopping cart in order just to make it easier for them. That sounds great. And with, I mean, the number of advisors you have... There's a lot. There's a lot of advisors. How many accounts do they open a day? They open 3,500 accounts a day. That's every day. Day, maybe twice on Sunday. Maybe. No. <laughs> that's my line. So, 
3,500 accounts a day, that's a lot of accounts per year. It is. And what are you guys doing to improve that workflow? Like, how did you analyze it, and what did you, what did you learn, and then how were you improving it? So we went out and just kind of hovered over the shoulder of some of our advisors, because that's the best way to really see what's holding them up in the workflow, why it's not going so well, what are the stickies that they're keeping on the side of their computer. Mm -hmm. And so we learned a couple of things. One is we were requiring them to rekey data that we really don't want them to do. Um, we want to pull it out of their CRM system or our CRM system. We want to be able to pre-populate things we already know about you if you're an existing account holder and the like. And so all that information is being um, kind of pre-populated. We also learned that they wanted to be a little bit more fluid in how they go about the new account opening process. Because if you and I are speaking, you might be telling me things that I want to just automatically put into the system that if I make you go too linearly, then I I have to ask you something again that you've already told me. Uh, um, enabling them to jump around. Absolutely, kind of being a little bit more maneuverable in what mm -hmm. we have. We did take away some of the required, what were the required data fields, mm -hmm. um, because after a while, right, you just build up some things that were required that when you go back and ask, you don't really need you don't really need them anymore. Mm -hmm. And so we were able to eliminate about 30% of the fields um, that we were asking. And I think the other kind of key thing for us is is trying to set this concept of what we're calling preferences. Um, because there's certain things that we ask you every time you open an account. Do you want check writing? Do you want a credit card? Do you want margin? And so what's going to be enabled for the advisors uh, late this year or early next is this preferences setting where you go in as an advisor and say, I always answer a question this way. And so that should pre-populate for me as well. And so right now we have firm level pre-population on those preferences, but you mm. can set your own. Um, and that should hopefully take out even some more kind of click or fields as well for the advisor once mm. they set that. What would be really cool is the software can monitor how they do it and just set the preferences for them. That would be great. <laughs> That's the next step. With uh, So with your account opening process, mm -hmm. how long does it take an advisor to open an account on ClientWorks? Today. Mm. In, the, in the existing system, it's just over nine minutes on mm. average. Which and sounds good. You would think. I mean, nine minutes is sounds not like terrible. It's not terrible. It's not right? terrible, but of course we want it to be faster, right? right? We want to we want to make it even easier for them, especially with things that we can see our pain points for them. Mm. You know, rekeying of data and, and right some of those fields that they didn't need and the way that they go about the process. And so, by doing that, we did cut it by about sixty percent. So the test the test advisors that are in the new tool right mm. now are doing it about four. Which is crazy fast. Which is crazy right? fast. And how? Then you so you came out with the the, the they, if this gets rolled out to the entire advisor force, it'll say four million minutes. Correct. Which is how many years? Eight. <laughs> eight years. Eight years. That's eight man years or, or woman years of, of time will be saved. And that's because time is money, and advisors only have so many hours in a day. Right, and we need to help drive the efficiencies so they mm -hmm. can go out and focus on growth and focus on additional value propositions for their clients. Mm -hmm. And I have to say that this is definitely a, a wealth management crowd because that got applause. It and did. We told them, we're saying we're <laughs> going to cut it from nine to four. <sighs> right, they're thinking they're about all the different going things wild. they can do. Like, what will I do with all my free time? <laughs> it's, it, it's, but it's true because they, they're here. When, if they're coming here... To beautiful San Diego and spending a couple of days with you, they want value. They do. They want, they want to, to come away with something. They do. They do. They're here to learn. They're here to understand what we're doing. Mm. And I think we're really excited that we have all these new capabilities to show them and talk mm. to them about what we have today and what the roadmap is for tomorrow mm -hmm. to kind of bring them on the journey with us. And I have to say, Kirby, you are an excellent podcast guest because you keep teaming up, teaming up for the next question. Roadmap. 
is what I want to talk about. Sure. I love the part of the uh, on the exhibit floor. You have the uh, the roadmap features broken out in the advisor view section, which is your client facing portal, mm-hmm. and you're giving the advisors who are here the ability to vote yes. on different features. So tell me about about that and, and how that works. So uh, um, account view is our is our client portal, and we are in the process of of launching our new account view. We're calling it account view two two which has a desktop, tablet, and mobile um, presence. And we're putting out a core, right? What I would call a core application there, where clients can see all of the key components that they need, what's going on in their account. They can see their goals that they might have set with their advisor and the like. But there's not a lot of uh, transactions right now, if you will. It's very one way. And so as we roll out this core, we're going to start moving into transactions and really want to understand what does the advisor want to enable for their clients. And we have about, I don't know, about eight to 10 different things out there that we ask them, what should we focus on for you? And it's funny to see what's getting the wins and what's not getting the wins. A lot of them want to see the ability for a client to request money movement. Mm. Um, And a lot of them want the client to be able to do uh, account aggregation, right? So that Mm. they can pull in information from what do you have at another broker-dealer or your exactly. bank or whatever. Wallet share. Absolutely. And so those are the two big leaders down there on the board right now. As you mm. saw, we have kind of stars down there. I noticed there. that. And, um, I was counting. I was like, oh, okay. There's a lot. And it's great for us because we can take that back, and that's what we'll focus on, right? Mm-hmm. We'll focus on enabling move money and, and account aggregation mm-hmm. early in 2020. We'll get the teams focused on that as soon as we deploy this, this first round, which will be going to clients mm-hmm. starting next month. And I was talking to advisors every chance I'd get here, and they seem to really like the process. They like they like feeling they're involved. Yes. They like feeling that their voices are being heard by LPL. I mean, LPL is such a big place. And the, the, the fact that you can say, well, you've got a voice here, even though you're one of X thousands of advisors, we want to hear from you. And what's really helpful there, especially on something like this, right, we have these 10 components. We're going to deploy them. Mm-hmm. If we can get really happy people faster, why wouldn't we just reorganize things to do that? It's really great feedback for us, and it's really great when we talk to advisors who question why we did something, we can just say, here's the board board from Focus. Would you like to see what people actually And if you wanted to get this change, you can go to Focus next year and you can vote. That's right. right. It's it's really crowdsourcing, in effect. It absolutely is crowdsourcing. Uh, There's a great book by Jeff Jarvis called What Would Google Do? And this is what Google would do if they ran a wealth management firm. They would ask the advisors, what do you want us to do? And tally up the votes, and that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. All right, so you're really the, you're, you're in that you're in that zone, if I could say. Mm-hmm. The so speaking about client works again. Let's talk about one of my other favorite topics, which is artificial intelligence. Yes. And you mentioned this on stage. So tell me some of the things that are coming. So whet the appetite of advisors. What's coming with artificial intelligence and client works? So when we talk about artificial intelligence, I'll be frank with you, some of them get a little freaked out about it. Um, And so what we have to really stress to them is what we're going to use artificial intelligence and machine learning for is to allow them to really focus on what they need to and let the machines do the things that are really remedial, if you will, right? They can look at what the performance report is of a particular account and say the same things, but why don't we have someone write it for you, Mm -hmm. someone being a computer? Mm -hmm. And so we have a couple different places that we're looking to use it. We're first going to use it in our proposal generation system. Mm -hmm. Um, Advisory world? That's the advisory world proposal generation system, yes, as we're working on evolving what that is and how it appears in client works as we're pulling data back into client works. We're going to use some machine learning to put some bullet points there about 
here's what this graph is telling you. You are getting a higher return and less risk in this new proposal, for example. Um, we're also so sort of adding ex explanatory text. Yes. That it's customized to what the client's results are. Absolutely. That and makes a lot of sense. And it's easy, mm -hmm. right? It's easy to do it. And it's just something that the advisor doesn't even have to do. And it's a nice takeaway for the client, or they can use it to actually facilitate the conversation. Uh, we'll also start using artificial intelligence within what we're calling meeting manager, mm -hmm. which is pulling together a variety of different um, documents as well as calendaring uh, meetings for our advisors. Mm -hmm. And a key piece of that is as these documents get pulled together, how can we use um, machine learning to start putting together those bullet points, similar mm -hmm. to what you're doing with the proposal generation, but we can do it more on a portfolio level, maybe backward looking. Would and you also maybe advise the advisor, advisor, would you also <laughs> maybe recommend to the advisor which clients they should be meeting with at which times of the year? Ab or? Absolutely, sure. That would definitely come up. It'll pop up within the meeting manager application, right? Mm -hmm. Like, hey, you haven't met with this person in a while, or mm -hmm. something something's weird happening in this account, right? They're mm -hmm. withdrawing a ton of money, for example. It would pop that up for them. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other place that we're going to use it is in Model Hub, which I know you and Rob talked about. And what we can do in there is as we put more analytics and the like in there, we can start proposing things like, mm. hey, you don't do a great job of picking large cap mutual funds. Maybe mm. we would recommend this because it can pop up information for them to help them make better decisions. Sure. And you're already a fiduciary. You already have an R, a corporate yeah. RA. You're already a TAMP. So making those recommendations is not a big lift Sim for you. Right. It's simple for right. us. Right. We have recommended lists and the like that already right. exist. It's just pre-populating it. Do you see in general... If I could ask a little bit off-topic question, that more advisors are, are taking the what we call the Repus PM model. I mean, you added advisor sleeves, mm -hmm. so there's definitely a, a demand. But do you see advisors moving more towards outsourcing investment management, or are they still pretty much feeling that's their value added? We definitely are seeing more advisors move into centrally managed. As you look at kind of the way the sales components are breaking down, mm -hmm. we're seeing a fair amount of them moving that way. I think you'll still always have the folks who want right. to do it themselves. That's their value proposition, and we'll always support that. But we want to make sure that we can allow them to outsource at whatever level they want. Right, because you can't beat the market every year. No. And if you're picking the stocks and you're not beating the market, you can't fire yourself. Right. But if you have a third-party manager, you can always fire them. And the way that you know the, we're looking at centrally managed is this allows them to mix and match themselves with someone else easier, right? And so if I'm starting to learn I'm not doing well in certain market conditions, which our advisory world proposal tool will show mm -hmm. them, um, we can then say, you might want to think about, you need some downside protection in, in here, and you can mm. put your model next to a downside protection model within MWP, but mm. absolutely. And speaking of advisory world, mm -hmm. uh, I thought it was great that you guys bought them. I, I think their product, I've known their product for over 10 years. I've been evaluating it many times. And Tell me about the things you did that, uh, since from before you bought them, where there was just SSO, just single sign-on, which right. is nice. Yes. But buying them and being able to tightly integrate them into Cloudworks, what's, what's some of the functionality that, that you now have available that you didn't have before? So this is definitely a, a roadmap and journey for us. Mm -hmm. Right now, what we've enabled is we're sending client works data over to Advisory World, meaning you get all your client, your prospect data, and as mm -hmm. well as your holdings of its existing account holder flows right over there. What we'll also be sending over in a 
couple of weeks is all the models that an advisor might create. So today in advisory world, if it's a centrally managed model, right, if it's in the models that Rob was talking about, if it's a BlackRock or a JP Morgan or an LPL research model, those are there for the advisor to easily propose. Mm-hmm. Um, but what isn't there is what I'll call the advisor-created models, which mm-hmm. come from a variety of different sources, either that um, advisor sleeve model or just something that they've created to do trading within client works mm-hmm. themselves. Those will be going over so that they can easily propose their model within the system. Whereas before they have to rekey that or rekey everything, right. which stinks. It, it does stink. <laughs> so they had to rekey, um, you know, client level data as well as their models, and then you know just it's, could be error prone, and mm-hmm. so getting away from that. And then what the team is working on right now, we've gotten great feedback on it from the advisors who we've seen, is coming before the end of the year is kind of the API back into ClientWorks. Hmm. So allowing us to create what we're calling a proposal tab, so a place within the client record where we can keep track of all their proposals, and we will show them to allow the advisor to digitally demonstrate the output of the proposal. Hmm. You know, they can go full screen on ClientWorks and walk them through what it's showing. Um, This is what we're proposing, and if you like it, click this button and we'll go open the new account right away. And so that we think is really kind of when we get that full circle of data out of client works into advisory world and back, that's when we think we're really going to get some of the really cool magic from it um, because then the advisor has a continuous workflow and never has to rekey. Yeah, the full circle. Mm-hmm. It's like the circle of life. It's the circle of advice. Exactly. Well, that is awesome. We re- I think that was a nice wrap. Kirby, thanks so much for being here. Thank I appreciate you so much your time. For having us. Hey, this is Craig. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Wealth Management Today podcast, which was brought to you by LPL Financial. Thanks, LPL, for sponsoring this episode. And everyone, please remember to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes in the future. You can tweet me if you have any suggestions for guests on the podcast at Craig Iskowitz on Twitter, or you can find me on LinkedIn. You can also go right to my blog, wmtoday.com, to find these and earlier episodes. Uh, as well as Apple iTunes. Thanks, and talk to you all next week.